0: You are listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Show, the leading word in pharmacy. You can find all of our episodes at www.pharmacypodcast.com. Hi, this is Gabe Tran, Senior Director of Store Operations and Marketing for NCPA. And today, you're listening to Pharmacy Podcast.
1: Hey, Pharmacy Community. This is Todd Urey, your host of the Pharmacy Podcast. And I have our returning guest, Mr. Gabe Trahan, who I'm always excited to have on the show, who is a plethora of in- very insightful information when it comes to the business of independent pharmacy and community pharmacy. How are you doing this morning, Gabe?
0: Good. Uh, I had to go look up plethora.
1: <laughs> plethora.
0: That's no, I'm, okay, that's a good thing. All right. using
1: 25-cent uh, words this morning, so...
0: I'm very good. Thank you for having me today.
1: And Happy New Year to you.
0: Oh, thank you. And to everybody out there, it's going to be a challenging one, but I, I think those who are strong enough are going to, going to do okay.
1: I agree. With challenge and with the obstacles that um, are ahead of privately owned pharmacies throughout the country, it gives an opportunity to refine ourselves, um, become leaner, um, become more aggressive, uh, become more creative. And uh this leads me right to uh the the pre- the programs and uh what you represent for privately owned pharmacies Gabe and if people haven't listened to your uh last show and if they haven't heard about you through the National Community Pharmacy Association um would like you to give our listeners just a a short overview of what you do in the world of uh of privately owned pharmacies and then I have some questions to fire at you, so uh, take her away.
0: Well, I'll try to make it uh, short and not so boring. But uh, for 37 years, obviously I started as a child. For 37 years, I've been working with an independent pharmacy. I'm not a pharmacist. Um, I'm a merchandiser and a marketing person. And I and I learned, this is really important, I learned from other people. Uh, there's nothing I can share with anybody that I've I've come up with. I've just had the good fortune of traveling in the United States and the Caribbean, meeting with independent pharmacists that are doing excellent with their businesses, and they have allowed me to take back uh, what they've done well and to share it with people. So for 37 years, uh, I for the first 14 years, actually for the first 24 and a half years, I was a general manager of an independently owned 14-store chain, and I was the general manager and the buyer and the merchandiser and unfortunately the last 9 years I also was a human resource person probably the worst one on the planet. Hmm. I I'm comfortable with marketing and merchandising and 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 trying to uh, get extra sales out of the store. That's that's what I that's what I like to do and I guess that's what works well. After those 24 years I worked for 8 months traveling across the country visiting stores helping them find space and making sure that each square foot makes more money. And then I worked for a regional wholesaler, a lovely, great company, a Burlington Drug Company took me in and allowed me to work with those nice people for 11 years. And I learned the insides behind the curtains of the wholesale business. And and then from there, after two years of negotiating, NCPA and I, uh, well, I should say NCPA, allowed me to join their unbelievable team. And it is a team. So for the last year plus, I've been working with uh, such a great support staff at NCTA, visiting stores, helping them uh, remodel, helping them bring new life into their store. And it's all basic stuff. It's all it's not it's it's not rocket scientists, but it's stuff that people can do uh, before lunch uh, to increase sales. And when I'm not traveling, I'm here at home uh, doing virtual assessments of stores, helping them with new floor plans and merchandising and marketing and. And so, uh, seven days a week, basically, I'm talking to independents and trying to figure out, okay, what can we do next uh, to make more money? But that's that's all I want to do is make more money. It,
1: that makes sense, Gabe. I, I tell you what, to get an outside perspective from someone who, um, because we all tend to get into our our grooves, we all tend to get into our uh, into our ruts, and um, you get you get an outside perspective who has seen ideas in Arizona, in California, in Nevada, in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, and different owners doing different things and things working, and you start kind of like collecting all of that. You're, You're basically a collection of a cornucopia of a bunch of great marketing ideas for the business of pharmacy, and you're able to kind of put those all together and and pull them out of your bag and suggest um, to pharmacy owners. Sometimes it's something pretty simple. Sometimes it's a little bit more complex. Share with our listeners the story you were telling me about Mm -hmm. increasing business for uh, the uh, pharmacy that you recently visited.
0: (laughs) I I hate telling this story because sometimes people uh, take it the wrong way. So I'll preface the story. I'm not telling you to go out and cut trees down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But – I I worked with this wonderful store owner that um, called me after the remodel, and I get those once in a while. Typically, people call me because they want to remodel or they've they've found some more space and whatever. So this person doubled the size of her store, doubled it, and she kept the uh, architectural integrity of the store. So you can't possibly tell that it's been doubled physically. And the number the person gave me was $100,000 for the extension. And I'm I'm thinking that was probably on the low end because it's absolutely gorgeous. So she doubled the size of her store, Todd, and she got about a 10% increase in sales, which is nothing. You and I can go into a store and move stuff around in 20 minutes and probably get a 20% short-term growth in sales, because when you move things, people tend to notice it. So the investment for this person wasn't the best. It takes more than just doubling your store t- to do anything. In retrospect, uh, in comparison, I'm working with another store on a virtual assessment. And all this person wanted to do is, escape, I'm going to send you pictures of the inside of the store. Tell me what I should do. I said, Okay the first thing you should do is send me a picture of the outside of the store. Right. And the outside of the store, she had this gigantic elm tree. Gigantic elm tree. Now, blocking the front of her store. I said, you got to cut the tree. Well, that didn't go over well. And I understand that. I I live in Vermont and I'm looking at hundreds of trees. I've I've got a woods behind my house. So, I said, you got to cut the tree. She says, what else you got? I said, I got nothing. (laughs) So she cut the tree, and business leaked. But the sad thing is that people walked in and said, "How long you been here?" And she goes, "25 uh, years. <laughs> it it was ever since the tree's been a sapling." So the, we we had to take the tree down, so people knew she was there. And it's going to be used in my next presentation. It's going to be one of the opening slides. She uh, she she since then planted shrubs, and she's done some wonderful landscaping. She actually put a roadside sign out, and we've remodeled the inside, and it's like a new beginning. That's incredible. And, and When I go visit stores, I've got some terrible nicknames, but because understand, Todd, when I go visit a store, I'm not there to flatter anybody, because if I am, you're wasting your money. Uh, I'm there to say, okay, we need to fix these things. I think I've got some better ideas. So, Basically, I gotta go inside and say, your house is dirty and you need to clean it. And that's not a very, not a very easy thing to do without making people mad. Well, she, she cuts a tree down and says, okay, I'm ready. What did we do to the inside? And we, <laughs> we took fixtures down. We made room for people and then she got a brand new business. So when I'm on the road or when I'm at home, people call and email me. A lot, and I really enjoy it. That's why I take calls seven days a week. Um, people say, well, do you have a tip? Well, give me a tip. Give Great. me a tip. They're hungry for a tip, and I understand, because the margins are shrinking, I don't need to go down that road, people know it. Um so, if, if I can take a minute, I, I, I've got two tips that I'd like to share with yourself, and, and your listeners, they're not earth-shattering. But these, when you get tips, you got to do them in the right sequence. You can't jump ahead. So the first tip is to understand that as merchants, we're in the business of persuasion. Our job is to convince people to come into your store and spend money. That's the most basic way to describe it. As, market, as merchants and merchandisers and marketing people, all we are are people that are trying to persuade customers to come into our store. Right. Okay, it, so when people call me and say, what should I do with my inside? If I'm dealing that right today, that a customer who says, what can I do with the inside? We gotta take care of the outside, so here's the tip. You need to convince people to come into your store. Nobody spends money from the outside. Your store needs to be welcoming and warm. I know it sounds boring and you've heard it, but you've got to do it. It can't be cluttered and it it has to be welcoming. So one of the first things I would suggest is take a picture of the front of your store from every angle. Take the front, take the two sides, any angle that can be seen by someone walking up to your store or driving up. Right. Then go take pictures of the front of your competition stores then put these pictures side by side and say, if your mother just came to town, which one would she go to? And if it's not yours, then we need to fix it. What's really interesting is I was reading one of the trade magazines the other day, and one of the major chains came out with this huge announcement. And and the chain said, and I'm quoting them, uh, they're redoing it out front. Customers will immediately notice our new look of the store we have wood grain paneling on the outside, and the company continued and added, and we have a warm and welcoming feeling. So this major chain is doing the outside of their stores over by putting wood outside uh, to make it more earthy look and more warm and welcoming. Basically, they know their weaknesses. The chains know that once you get inside, they're not warm and welcoming. Right. It, it's it's a it's a at that time it's almost like a factory setting. So they're spending huge bucks, and they somebody I just can't imagine somebody got a high five. Let's put some wood on the outside of our building, <laughs> and said that fixed it. We're good to go. But the the point I'm making is they know that it's got to look warm and welcoming from the outside to get people inside. If the chain gets that, they're just trying to be more like the independent. We gotta make sure that the outside of our store is warm and welcoming. So you get your tip and and uh, here's what I would suggest you do. Make sure you this sounds silly, make sure your sign outside is clean and it works. I was in a store in the Northeast. I was working with a third generation owner. I said to him, please turn on your sign. He says, okay. 20 minutes later, I don't know where the switch is. <laughs> <laughs> Call your dad. Calls Great. his dad. His dad says, that sign has never worked. Wow. Call grandpa. Called grandpa and said, I remember that sign. It worked pretty good. But when we remodeled, we sheetrocked over the switch. Oh, my gosh. No, no, That's not, not a joke. So we went outside. We, we have no idea where the switch is, so we tried something. We put new bulbs in, and luckily when they sheet rocked over it, they sheetrocked with the switch on. <laughs> so that's why the bulbs were burnt out. Here are three generations standing outside in the rain looking at the sign they'd never seen. That means the customer's never seen it. Right. It, 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 and when I visit stores, I'm just shocked by how many signs are dirty, don't have a timer and don't come on at the right time. So please, make sure that works. And if you're buying a new sign, make sure it has white lettering on it because a white lettered sign doesn't even have to be on to be seen. And your biggest word is not your name, but the pharmacy's name. Clean the outside of it. Save the best parking spots for the customers, not for the employee of the month, not for the owner, not for the techs, not for anybody except for good customers who want to come in and spend your money in their store make sure the entrance is clean and clutter i appreciate everybody putting their ncpa stickers on the doors take them off put them on a window put them on your desk get all the stickers off your door the only thing on your door should be the hours that you're open that's it that's that's it it's not your refrigerator door It's your entrance to your business. Keep it clean and and clutter-free and inviting. The next thing to do is make it look alive. Don't don't cut any trees unless you have to, but if you can plant some flowers, you can put some color to the outside of your store, do it. Unfortunately, when times are tough, people tend to shut things down. Mm -hmm. I actually visited a store recently that turned its lights off early. Uh, his sign's one hour off before he closed to save electricity. That, that's not the way to do it. Well, so don't, we know margins are shrinking. Don't look like times are hard. Look like times are great. Because nobody wants to shop with somebody that, that they give the impression that they're struggling. So look alive. And then after that, after you get the front of the store gleamingly clean, take seven steps in your store and look around. Bring a camera with you and start from your left side and take pictures until you get to the right side and look at them because that's the first thing people see when they walk into your store. Right. So that's tip number one, Todd. I know it wasn't earth-shattering, but just think about it. Nobody's going to get into your store unless they like the outside of it first. Right. Take pictures of your competition, lay them out, put yours next to it. So here's a chain uh, just getting all giddy because they're going to do the outside of the store to look warm and friendly. And, of course, when you walk inside, the customer's going to be disappointed because now it's the factory time and and you're going to have to get in line and wait forever and nobody's going to know your name. They want to be – if you ask me what the chain's biggest challenge is, is customer service, is is the impression that they give customers. So chain's – are making a wonderful living by letting people know they carry everything, that we got it, that you'll never have to worry about it, we got it, come on in, we're massive. Because they know they can't do what an owner can do when he's in his store. Absentee owner pharmacies will never excel in customer service as much as when the owner's on board. Chains know that. Chains know that an absentee owner is not going to offer good customer service. So they better make their store look warm and friendly as possible. Where the independent lets people down is after they get them in, some of us, some independents, let people down with their inventory. So here's a tip number two. Have the product the customers are needing or looking for. I'm not asking you to load yourselves up. I'm not asking you to have 12 feet of antacid and laxative. I'm not asking you to have 20 feet of first aid. I'm asking you to have them minimum to a little bit larger than minimum sizes of the major departments, cough and cold, antacid, laxative, and so on. Then find out what are the top 20 items in each of the departments. Do you have enough DALSA? Do you have enough Robitussin? Do you have a, 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 enough NyQuil? Do you have Mucinex? Know the top 20 items and carry no less than six of each. Cough and cold season is almost seven months long, Just because your wholesaler delivers to you every day doesn't mean you should order every day. It means you should maintain at least six of the top 20 items. So once you're done listening to this podcast, ask your wholesaler, or maybe you have a report yourself, find out what the top 20 items are in each item, tag it, and make sure you maintain six of each item. Just the popular items, and you won't let anybody down. Carry products that customers are looking for maintain an aisle width that it's at least five feet wide. Todd, when when I started 37 years ago, a three-foot aisle was a big deal. Okay. And, and then somebody went to four feet and they went, ooh, that's wasted space. And then some pioneers went to five feet. If you remember, I don't know how old you are, I can't tell by your prom picture, uh, but A&P grocery stores used to be big in the east and they've disappeared. And the reason for it now, if you read the book, Good to Great, is that they had three-foot aisles and they refused to make them any bigger. And then other grocery stores came in and they made six-foot and seven-foot aisles simply so two people pushing a cart could go by without banging into each other. And then a and p disappeared. Leaving room for your customers is more important than having more fixtures on your floor. Fixtures and product don't necessarily sell room for customers the shop will increase your sales so you may have to take some fixtures down and that and, and you can do it because most of us our departments are a little too big anyway we let our fixtures decide the size of the department sometimes if we have a 16 foot gondola then all our all our departments are 16 foot or eight foot you can do it you can pare down your categories to the right size and then take down fixtures and make sure your aisles are at least five feet wide. Make sure no aisles more than 24 feet long. Exercise caution when you're purchasing floor displays and spinners. One of the chocolate companies that we all know so well invented the floor display. When Mr. Stover walked into a store, he said, would you like to carry my candy? The customer, the pharmacy owner said, no, I don't have room. Hmm. So I came back, I've got a display, I can give it to you for free, I'll take it. <laughs> and that display basically went wherever it fit, not where it belonged, but where it fits. When people design stores, they almost never leave room for floor displays. So what happens is if you get a store that's been designed, or I'm sure it's full of fixtures, when you get a floor display, all you're doing is junking up your aisle. If you're buying a floor display and you got room for it in the right place, fine. But if you don't, then buy the display with a product in it, cut the header off, throw the display off and build an end cap with the product and use the cardboard header you just cut off for the top shelf. Keep things out of your aisles. Merchandise your end caps with a theme. End caps aren't used for leftovers. They're themes. They are they're arthritis Arthritis relief, there's uh, cough and cold and flu relief, uh, prevention centers, bone density support. I have a theme and it comes very easily. When I draw stores for people, I leave, I take an end cap and I cut it in half. So if it's a 30-inch end cap, I put a tiny end cap or maybe no end cap every once in a while. And what I do is I put a, a stack of shopping baskets. When I go in to visit stores and I visit hundreds a, day, a year, the shopping basket's like an egg hunt. They're used behind me next to the front door or next to the cash register. They're always behind that seven steps that people take. And, and people stop shopping when their hands are full. So use your shopping baskets. Put them where people can see them. Don't make them stop shopping because their hands are full. Last thing on tip number two. Don't be scared to throw something away. I go into stores and they've got stuff that they've had. I remember this one manager saying, uh, I asked her exactly what the thing was. I wasn't even sure what it was. It was some kind of holiday decoration." She said, I don't know what it is, but this is the seventh year I brought it up from my basement. So my rule of thumb is this. If you're hanging on to stuff, it's not wine or cheese. If it, 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 it didn't sell the first year, then you got to get rid of it on the second year. But if you're not sure, put it outside on the sidewalk before you go home. And then when you come back the next morning, if it's still there, it wasn't good enough to steal, so you might as well throw it away. See, you're running an apartment building. Your store's in an apartment building. And if you had an apartment building, Todd, and you had, um, oh, gosh, a head, goody headache powder, which doesn't sell in the north, but does pretty good in the south. But if you had a product that didn't sell, and if you had an apartment building and you had an apartment, and Mr. Mr. Goody lived there, but he just wasn't paying all his rent. You wouldn't say, hey, listen, I'll give you a couple more years, maybe you'll get caught up. Not when you had somebody else that wanted to move in, you'd say to Mr. Goody, I, I've, I've got a basement apartment, or you're going to have to leave. Right. And, and that's what you've got to do with your, with your pharmacy. <clears throat> Everything either has to make a sale, make you money, or if it's not going to make you money, it better draw in customers. And if it's not going to draw in your customers, then it better enhance your image. And if it doesn't do one or all three, then get rid of it. Don't hang on to junk old merchandise because it's just drawing down your store and it's also hurting your revenue. Don't be scared to throw something away. You'll feel better. (laughs) Once the customer gets in, you win. Now you've got to start being the master of persuasion with your merchandising. And your good science. So there's the two tips. I went on and on, but there's two tips. We meet again. We'll just take it up
1: from there. No, it makes absolute sense. And we do want to definitely meet again. In the meantime, if our listeners, uh, pharmacy owner, uh, manager, someone list, listening to the show and, and wants to engage and wants to reach out uh, and learn more about uh, the services that you um, are able to to bring to the table, Um let the listeners know how to, how to reach out and how to, how to get a hold of you.
0: Well, you know, I work for NCPA I, and, and I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, the, the best way this goes to ncpanet.org and, and the department that I'm working with, with a great team is called front and overhaul. And there's a bunch of free stuff. Even if you're not an NCPA member, there's some videos you can watch, but if you are a member, thank you. And, uh, Put in your your member code and your ID, and there's all kinds of things. There's over 100 tips, uh, one-page tips. There's there's photo galleries to inspire you. It's a great place to go. Um, one exciting thing that's going on, and thank you for asking this question, is on March 10th, I'm going to be at, in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Crown Plaza, Atlanta Perimeter, at Ravina. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, we're going to have an intensive seven-and-a-half-hour boot camp. It's an intensive boot camp. It's 514 slides. It's uh, full of uh, CEs, but it's also – it's got seven-and-a-half hours of CEs and two hours of non-CE stuff. And we're talking and we're giving and sharing uh, how to improve your business – for nearly nine hours and it's intensive and when you go back you've got a binder that you're going to need a mule to carry back with you but you're going to be empowered and and I think we're we talked about opening it up to a hundred people and we did it in San Diego and we, we did it for nine hours and everybody but one couple stayed for an extra hour because we have this great thing called Stores Talk in Stores. If you want to improve your front end sales if you want to be better at marketing join me in Atlanta. Uh, and it's, 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 if you're an NCPA member, it's like $350. If, if, if you want to know more about it, uh, just get a hold of me and, and, I'll get you the information. I'll give you my email if that's okay with you, Todd. Sure. It's, it's Gabe, G-A-B-E dot tran, T-R-A-H-N, H-A-N, spelled my name wrong, okay. at ncpanet.org. So G A B E T R A H A N at N C P A Net dot org. Just go outside your store right now and and take your newest employee with you, and because they're going to be a wealth of knowledge. And say, what would you do at the front of the store? Would you would your mother choose me first and see what they say? Uh, and and here's the third tip. I I don't want to take all your time, but here's something that I do into stores that it's uh, it's almost embarrassing to the owner. Uh, I give a lot of uh, presentations one-on-one to individual stores. And uh, once we get feeling good in, uh, about being with each other and we're open, I'll say to them, how many people shop this store? And please raise your hand if you buy your shampoo here. Mm-hmm. There's 30 people in the room, four people will put their hands in. And it's usually the owners. Uh, and maybe somebody that's been there 40 years. But we're finding out that even some of our employees, the majority of them aren't shopping our home store. They're getting prescriptions there, but they're going somewhere else to get their their shampoo and their toothpaste. Ask them why. Right. It's probably because you don't have it. So the best source on how do I get going, how can I update my inventory, ask your employees.
1: Makes sense. That makes sense. We wanted to thank you, Gabe, for being on the show again. It's always a, uh... Uh, really uh, something for us to to listen to the ideas that you're bringing to the table for some of the stuff is just what you'd think would be common knowledge and it's there's nothing common about it sometimes we have to step back and and get back to basics so once again thank you so much for being on the show
0: well i thank you todd and thank you very much
1: we were on with mr gabe trahan with uh, ncpa's front hall overhaul um, program, and, um, it's a, it's a great program. Uh, Gabe's very easy to find. You can go to Google. Uh, I Google him before, and, uh, Gabe Trahan NCPA, or Gabe Trahan Pharmacy. Uh, either of those will definitely bring him up, and, um, please reach out to the NCPA and see how they can help. If you're not a member, uh, definitely join, um, and, uh, support your local community pharmacy, and thank you for listening to the show.